Now it's time for the Disney View podcast. Please move across your car to make room for everyone. Our podcast will begin momentarily. Join Dave as he makes his grand circle tour around the Walt Disney World Resort. Dave is a dreamer and an engineer who enjoys the magic and wonder of it all, but understands Disney's place in history and respects the legacy that's been left. Come along and hear Dave's thoughts about Walt Disney World and see it through Dave's eyes. Please stand clear of the podcaster. Por favor, manténganse alejado del David. And now, here's your host. Hey everyone, it's Dave. Welcome to another edition of Dave's Disney View Podcast. Well, today, I'm going to air some dirty laundry. Yep, I'm going to go behind the scenes and spin a yarn and talk about laundry services at Walt Disney World. Now, you may be saying to yourself, that sounds boring. Why would I care? But I hope to keep it clean and refreshing and not too dry. Now, let's start with the spin cycle and... Okay, okay, I get it. Enough with the bad puns. I'll move on from here. Now, this topic came to mind because the other day, my son was on the internet looking at pictures of the Walt Disney World Resort, and he saw a picture of some bins outside of one of the resort hotels. These were these large blue or green plastic bins that were lined with sheets and towels that were neatly folded and ready to be put into the resort. And he's like, what are those? And it turns out that that must have been at a moment before they got moved completely backstage. They must have recently gotten a delivery, just happened to get, catch the picture. And so I told him the story about the uh, laundry services at Walt Disney World, and I'm going to share the same story with you, because I think it's kind of interesting and kind of gives you a perspective on just how big the operation is at the resort. But I have to tell you, there's a weird personal connection here, too. Now, you may remember that I started in the Emporium as a temporary cast member. I liked being a cast member, and I liked the magic, and I was interested in a more permanent role. The Emporium didn't have anything at the moment. They, you know, they go through cycles where they're looking for people and uh, times when they're happy to have temporary people, but they didn't have anything at that moment. So I perused the paper-based job listings. Yeah, there was a little booklet with job listings in it. How 20th century, right? You can't even imagine that today. And then, because I didn't find anything that was really compelling there, I went ahead and made an appointment to talk with casting about opportunities. Now, I remember where I went was to a backstage area in Epcot, and that was actually kind of cool. I hadn't really been backstage in Epcot before, so this was kind of neat to be there and actually be able to experience being backstage and see how the magic works there. I'd seen it at the Magic Kingdom. I'd been over to Hollywood Studios and seen the backstage areas there, but I'd never seen it at Epcot, so it was kind of interesting to be able to see it. So I remember meeting with this guy, and uh, we chatted for a couple of minutes, and he told me that at the time, the only thing he could offer me was laundry services. Now, we talked about the role, and it wasn't right for me, but two things stuck with me. It was fairly demanding work, and there was no guest interaction. So I decided I was going to wait for something else, and I did get an offer from the Emporium a short time later, so I guess it worked out. But anyway, the stories of, of, about Disney Laundry is something like this. Now, you probably know, or you're probably familiar with, a typical hotel. They have laundry services somewhere in, on premises, in the first floor, the ground floor, the, uh, somewhere down in the basement, it depends on the hotel. And they'll wash all the sheets and towels and other fabrics in industrial washers. Now, smaller places may wind up farming this out to other companies that come and pick up their laundry and wash it, but generally it's done on premises. 
And then it's recycled to the rooms via housekeeping. So when you see housekeeping come by with clean sheets and towels, they've gotten them from the laundry services downstairs. Disney made a decision to change that paradigm. Now I'll have to talk on another podcast one day about the general concepts that General Joe Potter defined for the infrastructure of Disney. But let me sum it up this way for the purposes of this podcast. The plan was to keep the money-making resort on the northern edge of the property, and all the services to support that resort were centralized to the northernmost point of that area. So you have the warehouses, the machine shops, the monorail and train roundhouse, power distribution, garbage collection, and assorted services in this location. Now buried among all those assorted services is central laundry. There was a very large building with washers, dryers, clothes pressers, and other equipment to service at the time two hotels, all restaurants that use linen, and the park itself, as far as cast member costumes and so forth. Everything was washed there that belonged to the resort. Costumes, sheets, towels, tablecloths, even Mickey Mouse's suit. And as additional things were added to the resort, from hotels to dining to each new theme park, they kept expanding capacity at this central laundry. It just made sense even though it seemed like a ridiculously huge endeavor. Now, from the perspective of efficiency, having central laundry services works really well and is very efficient. So those carts with clean sheets and towels that we saw in the picture, there's a set of logistics that go along with it. Every day, and sometimes, several times during busy periods, there's a truck that goes to each hotel and drops clean sheets and towels and picks up the hampers with the dirty. They also go to the wardrobe areas at each theme park and to the restaurants that use linens, replacing all the laundered items. The bins with dirty laundry are kept separate based on several factors, mostly based on where they came from, but there's some other things where they'll, they'll mix some things together. They're washed, dried, folded, hung, whatever's appropriate for them. Now there's this one really cool machine they have that for the most part, automatically folds the sheets and towels and stacks them for easy distribution. It's actually very cool. Now, when dry cleaning, like Mickey's suit, is required, that's done, and they hang it for return as well. It's a giant dance of sorts, washing, folding, delivering, picking up, and in the end, always having clean items readily available. Now, I think as far as like how this works, the logistics of how it works, dining, la- dining laundry it is somewhat easy to understand. They set tables with linen, clear the tables and put the dirty linens in a bin and take new ones to replace them. Very simple and straightforward. For hotels, it's up to mousekeeping to cycle through them, and surely you've seen people replacing sheets and towels at a hotel. Wardrobe for cast members? That's going to require a little more explanation, so let's take a trip down into the Utilidor at the Magic Kingdom as an example. There's a very large wardrobe area down there. Every day, cast members turn in their dirty costumes for clean ones. And as you're probably aware, there are many different costumes in use. People in the Emporium don't dress like people in the Haunted Mansion, after all. And because cast members come in many shapes and sizes, there are many options for size within the costume styles. So there are literally thousands of costumes hung on the racks at any given time. Now, of course, they have to account for normal wear and tear or a button that comes loose. You always have to have extra and have a plan for small fixes and textile recycling. So that's a big part of it as well. So... If we look at the entirety of the resort, how much laundry is all of this? The answer may surprise you. The laundry cast members wash an average of 285,000 pounds each and every day. That's over 140 tons of laundry every single day. And by the way, they also dry clean around 32,000 garments each day. It's an enormous undertaking. It's this huge operation. And that leads me back around to my own personal experience. Look, I didn't like the idea of doing the job. And apparently, 
One reason that there were positions open when there weren't positions open anywhere else was that because other people don't like doing it either. In fact, there's one of these lessons from Disney we should probably talk about. It was reported that sometime in the 90s into the 2000s that the turnover rate in laundry services was around 85%. That's astounding. And as the resort continued to grow, that number stayed high. Disney was already using many automated things and machines, but there's still an amount of work that has to be done. And you need people at the very least to keep things running and organized and streamline it and filling the washers and that sort of thing. It can't be 100% automated, but the work itself has requirements based on physical factors. The building can be hot. You have to clean a quota during your shift because of that large number. So it's not all glitz and glamour. And with a turnover rate like that, they had a decision to make. Should they outsource laundry services? Should they look at even better machines or maybe innovate in some way? And then Disney did one of the things that they do best. They look for opportunities and ask for feedback. They talked to the cast members who worked there and asked for their input. What would make you happy? How could things be done differently? What should we do? And they just kept asking questions. And after the initial struggle of cast members thinking that they're going to be laid off, they started opening up to the Disney staff. And the management listened. They changed the workstations to accommodate different people and their styles from orientation to work service height. It all became somewhat flexible. They found some clever workarounds for things that would break and how long it would take to repair some things. Just kind of got clever and creative and innovative in that sense. They also changed the management philosophy to let the cast members have more authority over their own work and let them set their own quotas, which made it easier to meet those quotas. And cast members started exceeding those quotas. So kind of neat there. And they gave them the proverbial suggestion box to keep them coming up with new improvements. But in my opinion, the single biggest thing that they did was probably this. They created a sort of rotational program where the cast members that work in laundry switch places with people who handle the laundry on the other side. The laundry people get a chance to see how their laundry is actually used and some of the challenges faced by cast members on that side of the business, and they get a little bit of guest interaction. Cast members who'd normally work in those areas see firsthand how the laundry cycle works and why some of the little things they do matter. And so Disney decided that after these improvements, it was right to go ahead and continue to own the laundry services and keep it in-house. But they did expand to a laundry facility that was state-of-the-art, larger than the other one they had, and uh, nicer than the old space that they had. Even though they kept expanding it, this is a much nicer, cleaner, more modern building that I think cast members really relate to in a way. They feel better about working, and according to Disney, the attrition rate, the number of people that leave, dropped to 10%. And that number is very, very, very low. Uh, if you look at indoor jobs that aren't physical, typically you'll see that they hover around 30% attrition. So Disney must be doing something right. It's still a physically demanding job, and it's still not the greatest job in the world, but people are now drawn to it and don't leave. So there's another lesson we can learn from Disney. It isn't just about the guest experience. Cast members need to have a good experience, too. And if you've hung around, now you know a little more about the costumes cast members wear and the sheets and towels you use during your stay. Now, of course, as a guest, you're taken care of, too. Disney offers self-laundry facilities in every hotel. The machines are well-capped, and they're smart because they're on the internet. You can see how many machines are available from your phone and how much time until they finish. And best of all, they can text you 
and let you know when your clothes are done. Drop in a load, head out to the pool, get that text message, and then go back and pick it up. It's a really nice feature if you're staying for a while or if this is part of a bigger vacation. Well, now I've tumbled through that story and it's time to press on. Oh yeah, always with the bad puns. One little spark of inspiration is at the heart <laughs> of all creation. Right at the start of everything that's new. One little spark lights up for you. I saw an article in the Associated Press a couple of days ago that caught my attention. Disney Junior Series aims to give a kid's eye view of race. Rise Up, Sing Out, an animated short series presenting the concepts of race, racism, and social justice to young viewers is coming to Disney Junior. Designed for children ages 2 to 7 and their families, the series will include music by Amir Thompson, otherwise known as Questlove, and Tariq Trotter, otherwise known as Black Thought, of the musical group The Roots, who are executive producers with LaToya Ravenu. Thompson and Trotter said in a joint statement, We hope that these shorts will encourage the young audience to recognize and celebrate our differences as human beings while learning the tools to navigate real-world issues of racial injustice. They said their hope is to empower and uplift the future generations in the way we know best, through music. Rise Up, Sing Out, produced in collaboration with Oscar-winning studio Lion Forge Animation, they did Hair Love, will, de will debut this year on Disney Junior platforms, including the channel and app. A date has not been announced. The shorts are intended to give families, quote, the tools and knowledge to address these important topics with their preschoolers in an age-appropriate manner through music and relatable kid experiences, he said in a statement. A viewing guide for parents is being developed for parents by The Conscious Kid, described on its website as an organization. Disney Junior recognizes that children are, quote, experiencing a multitude of feelings around what's happening in our world today, and that families are struggling to discuss sensitive issues around race, said uh, Joe D'Ambrosia, its general manager and a senior vice president. Dedicated to equity and promoting healthy racial identity development in youth. And my note to you, dear listener, is that you have an opportunity to talk to your own children, to talk about race, to talk about things that are going on in the world. Don't be afraid to address those things with your own children. You want to have an age-appropriate kind of discussion with your kids to talk about things that are happening in the world. And the Disney Company is looking to help foster that communication, to help you to have that, that talk with your children. Look, I'm not trying to tell you how to be a parent or do anything. I'm just suggesting that there's a great opportunity to talk to your children about a wide variety of issues. Regardless of their age, there's always an age-appropriate way to talk about the things that they hear and see. The thing you notice is that in today's society, as kids get to be preteens, they are seeing way more than we ever saw as preteens or teenagers or even early adults. They're exposed to a lot more, so we need to be having open and honest communications with children at earlier ages to start to talk about things. Look, you can be age-appropriate. I'm not suggesting you talk about the world's issues right off the bat, but there's an opportunity to start a conversation with your children so that when they do get to the age where they're preteens and they've got all these social media influences and other things happening, that they have more understanding of what's going on. I've never shied away from talking to my kids about anything. That's just the way we are in my house. And because we have um, a lot of things going on in my house, I try to be honest with, with what's going on. I try to be fair and open-minded. We hear about something that happens on the news and we discuss it. We hear about something that's happening around the world and we have a conversation about it. And my kids have gotten older and they feel comfortable coming to me and talking to me about the issues of the day. And I think it's really important that we've done that because I hope I've created a generation in my own family that's a little bit open-minded and talks about things. And I hope you'll kind of follow suit and do similar kinds of things in your family.
Anyway, that's my one little spark segment for today. And remember, if we can dream it, we can certainly do it. Bye now. Thank you for tuning in to the Disney View Podcast. We hope you had a pleasant stay and arrive home safely. Please remain seated until your ride vehicle stops completely. Then, gather your personal belongings and step out onto the moving platform. And yes, I know it went by so quickly, but don't worry. One of the nice things about traveling on this podcast is that the journey is just beginning. Show notes are available on DisneyWorldPodcast.net. While there, please check out some of our affiliates. You'll also find links to Dave's iPhone and iPad apps. There's an app for pin trading, one for finding hidden Mickeys, and an app for finding and tracking pressed pennies around the Walt Disney World Resort. And you never know just what Dave is working on next. If you have questions, feel free to drop Dave an email at davesdisneyview at gmail.com. Original music you're hearing in this podcast is Oslo Doom by Gilberto Gil. Of course, this is a fan podcast and in no way affiliated with the Walt Disney Company. 